Shalom Aleichem, a very good morning on behalf of Teach 613. We welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Ayin Gimel, Babakama 73a, pagination is 145. We'll start on the facing page, counting up from the bottom about nine lines. Gimel Mem Gemara, a classic passage in the Gemara regarding Eid Zomeim. The case of Eid Zomeim, as described in Chumash Devarim, is that two people say testimony about whatever it is. It could be financial, it could be capital offenses, and then two other witnesses come and say about them, meaning the first witnesses, they say about the first witnesses, Imanu Hayisam, you were with us in a different place at the time that you claimed the crime occurred. The halacha is, Va'asisam loka asher zomam la'asos, we do to those first witnesses as they wanted to do. This is a subject in the first Mishnah of Makos. What happens if it's not so simple to do to them what they wanted to do? But in the conventional cases, if they were trying to execute somebody, they would get executed for this false testimony of such a high order. They weren't even in the place that they said the thing occurred for them to have possibly witnessed it. If they wanted to obligate somebody in money, then they themselves would have to pay the litigant the amount of money they were trying to make him lose. The question our Gemara addresses is, now that we have these second witnesses, and they're saying testimony about the first witnesses, that they are zomimin, that they've spoken falsely, given testimony of falsehood of this high order, when do these first witnesses become invalidated? Do they get invalidated from this point on, now that we know they're false? But any testimony that has been said since the time they uttered this questionable testimony until now, when we finally found out that it was false, any testimony in between, does it stand or does it not stand? Do we have to undo all those court cases because they once said this falsehood and therefore we assume that they were not kosher witnesses all along? Or does the law of Eidzomim only work forward thinking from now on, but we don't question everything that at the time was thought to be valid? The Gemara says, Eidzomeim, the case of Eidzomeim, Abaye Omar Lemafreyahu Nifsal. Abaye says it's retroactive. We date back their invalid, invalid status all the way back to when it happened. Rava Omar Mikanu Lahabo Nifsal. Rava says that we only move forward. Now, it's quite obvious that Rava's approach would be the easier approach, because according to Abaye, you have to open up all the cases in which these witnesses said testimony and realize that they were Rishayim, they were wicked people at the time. And therefore we have to undo everything. We, in fact, though, 
follow Abaye, which I think most people feel is more logical, logically, they were indeed Rishoyim. I didn't know about it at the time, but now that I do, I have to make good, and I can't accept them as witnesses against whoever it was that they were saying testimony. And if you have tons of financial cases, they could all have to be redone. We paskin like Abaye that it goes Lamafreya with date back. Let's explain their opinions. Abaye Omar Lamafreya who nifsal. Abaye says it's retroactive because Meahu Shaita de Ishid Havale Rasha. From the time that they said the original testimony, that's when they became a Rasha status. And the Torah says, Don't accept, don't place a Rasha as a witness. And now that I know that he was a witness, I need to make good on the mistake we were making unwittingly. Rava says, it's only forward thinking. Because Eid Zomem is novel. It's a Gzeres HaKosov. It is not logical. Because they're both two witnesses. If you'll think about it, why are you trusting the second group more than the first? Just because they came second? Why are they more trustworthy? The first people keep insisting that we were there. Second people say, no, you were with us in a different place. But the first people keep responding, it's not true. How do you know that you listen to the second ones? Hilkach says, Rava, You can only impose the novelty of a zomim that we trust the second people over the first people, from the point that Eid Zomem kicks in, from the time that these second witnesses say testimony about the first ones, from then on I could impose this, but before that, it's really not a logical rule. Think about it, by Hakhasha, if there's simply a contradiction, then we just throw the case out. We can't accept either testimony. If two people say he borrowed a thousand dollars, and two people say, we were there at that exact time, and he wasn't borrowing, he was lending. And you got it wrong. The money that was handed from him to him was not. It was handed from the other guy to the other guy. What are we supposed to do? Sheval Taisa, we would be able to do nothing. All we have is witnesses, and we can't make head or tails of the story. So Rava says, that's pretty amazing. Over here we have two witnesses insisting on something, two others contradicting them, and we trust the second set. That's only forward thinking. We don't do date back. Ikeda Amri, there's another way to understand Rava. Rava nami ka'abaye severely. That Rava really understands it like abaye, that it should be date back. It goes retroactive because it's logical. That's when he became a Rasha. 
The reason for Rava is really a different angle. It's more of a takona, a trying to fix something that would be otherwise a problem. Mishimpseide de Lekuchos, because of the loss to buyers. If you'll think about it, if there could be date back on an Eidzomim, then people would be afraid to buy property, and if they did, they're using witnesses on the purchase, and those witnesses could one day become deemed Rishayim by date back, and it unravels all of society. My benayu, what's the difference between the two approaches? The asidu If two people would say testimony about each one of the witnesses individually, then a zomim would no longer be such a massive chiddush, because two against one, we understand why the two are being believed, and in that case, Rava could conceivably concede to Abaye, because that's no longer a chiddush which was the first approach. Inami de paslinu begazlanusa. Or, if they say testimony that those first witnesses are thieves, so then it's not that they're arguing whether the event happened or didn't happen. You're coming from a different testimony that will indeed cause them to be Rishayim, and Rava would concede, if you say testimony that they're thieves, that's not a Chiddush that you believe the second people. There's such a thing as saying testimony on people. The Chiddush approach would fall off. But if you're still worried about society unraveling on a financial level, that still stands, and Rava would still talk about forward thinking, passeling them as Edim, but not retroactive. In any case, however we understand Rava, the fact is, two lines later, Hilchasa Kavose da Abaye, Ravashi tells us that we paskin like Abaye, which is that we do date back, we do retroactive. And the abbreviation Yal Kegam, where the ayin is Eid Zomem Lemafreyahu Nifsal, is indeed an acronym for the cases in which we paskin like Abaye. And this, again, as I mentioned, is a very classic, well known passage regarding how to deal with the testimony of Eid Zomeim and its ramifications. Yeshe thank you for joining.